Welcome to 33 Degrees North, 112 Degrees West. Today we have a very special guest here in studio today, our first in-studio guest, a friend of the show, Amy Erickson. Now, the story of how I met Amy is kind of funny because uh, we connected through TikTok, uh, bonded over our mutual love for travel, and then when we got in touch with each other about potentially doing a show together, uh, we found that we live like 10 miles from each other. Uh, so just crazy, crazy coincidence there. Um, and uh, Amy, why don't you go in and introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, my name's Amy, and I'm super excited to be on this podcast. This is super new for me. I've never done, like, anything like this. Um, but, yeah, Connor's super cool. Like he said, we met over TikTok, and I think it was, like, a video he posted of him in Mexico, and I happened to be in Mexico at the same – or not the same time, but I, like, commented on the video, and we just, like, talked a little bit over it. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm super excited to be here and talk about travel. We both really love doing that, and – you know, can't wait to see where conversation takes us. And the story of that specific TikTok is kind of weird because it's something I posted in August, just kind of off the whim because I saw another similar video. So I took these small little clips as I was driving to Puerto Penasco. Um, but then the video just didn't perform well. It didn't do anything. But then for whatever reason, over the last few months, it's just kind of blown up. And that's kind of when you saw the video as well. So it was like six or seven months after I posted the video, just out of the blue. Um, but yeah, we both love traveling. Uh, Amy, you've been to way cooler places than I've been, a lot more places. So to start off, what is the fav- your favorite place that you've been? <laughs> I mean, I've grown up traveling quite a bit. So my dad was from Spain and my mom is from Thailand. So I have like a lot of, um, I don't know, international background. So I kind of grew up, um, I lived in Spain for three years and just traveling to Thailand to see family and stuff. And my parents are both very well cultured and love to travel too. So um, I've just been around just quite a bit, I guess. Um, but my favorite place, I think, right now is Brazil. That's probably my favorite place for the time being. Um, it kind of changes, you know, depending on, um, I don't know, like what I experience and what I'm like going through in my life at that time and like what each place brings me. But I think Brazil was a lot of fun and uh, it was a super exciting um, place to visit. I went, like, in February of 2020, I believe, like, right before the pandemic hit. So it was literally, like, I went in March, and then I think April was when, like, the whole world shut down. So I went for Carnival, and it was just a blast. Like, I've never been to a place and, like, experienced a culture where they completely shut down the whole entire, like, capital or city just to, like, party and celebrate together. Like, it was just a super interesting experience, and the people were amazing, and the food was great. And um, we went to see, like, actual, like, carnival, like, where the floats and the samba dancers are. And, you know, just really got to, like, immerse ourselves in culture and, you know, feel what it's like to be Brazilian, I guess. <laughs> How many countries have you been to? Um, I, I think, hang on, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think because I've never actually just sat and counted. I can name them and count them, though. So I'll go by, like, area, I guess. So I've been to, like... Uh, Mexico, I've been to Colombia, I've been to Costa Rica, I've been to Brazil, I have been to the Philippines, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Myanmar and Laos a little bit, um, England, I've been to Spain, I've been to Portugal, I think, yeah, I think that's it for right now. that's a lot (laughs) and uh, it seems like you do travel a lot which is something I definitely strive to do 
Um, but how, how is it that you're able to travel just so much? Because it seems like every other day you're on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually super interesting. So, like, I don't know. I'm a firm believer in, like, um, you know, what you put out in the universe, you get back, I guess. And so, I mean, a lot of travel opportunity opportunities, of course, was for my family. You know, like, my dad lived in the Philippines, and I would just go every summer to see him. And, of course, I have family in Thailand. And um, so, funny, living in Spain... I went to an international school, and I had these two friends that were my best friends. They were two sisters, um, Laura and Stephanie, and they were from Colombia. So, like, we all, like, this whole school was made up of kids from, like, all over. So, eventually, you know, I came back to the U.S., and they went back to Colombia. And this past trip I went on, I was visiting them because, you know, we hadn't seen each other in such a long time since we were kids from, you know, like, 10 years old, hanging out, you know, moved away, and now we're, like, adults and able to, like, you know, decide what we want to do and who we want to see. So I actually went to go visit them. And it's just like, I tra- when I travel, I there's kind of a purpose behind it, like to go visit people or to see family or do something. But um, I don't know. I randomly had my friend invite me with their family to go to Cancun with them pretty much for free. They paid for everything except for the plane ticket there. And it was like an all-inclusive resort. So, of course, I was like, yeah, I'm going to say yes to that. So I just flew from Columbia to Cancun to hang out with them for a little bit. Um, yeah, so I just kind of, like, take the opportunities opportunities as they come, you know, like, just kind of saying yes to things and making time in my schedule for it, you know, like, planning ahead and being like, yeah, I want to do that, so as long as I buy my plane ticket, then it's like, okay, I have that, I kind of have to plan the rest, and I can't back out, <laughs> so that's how I, I don't know, I guess, like, go for it. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I do it too. Is once I buy that ticket, it's like there's no there's no going back now. You got to plan everything around that. Uh, but you've had the luxury of being able to travel both pre-pandemic, well during the pandemic and post-pandemic. Which unfortunately, I've only been able to travel during and after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what has that experience been like? Seeing such a drastic shift in uh, what you love doing the most throughout these last couple of years. Oh my gosh, it's made things. It's it's just so different like we take for granted how easy things were before like um I actually went to Columbia uh in 2020 like right before the pandemic or actually it was during because I got on a plane like April 11th I think flew to Columbia got there and then um that day they like announced the whole country shutting down and like canceling all the flights and I checked my like American Airlines flight And they literally canceled my flight home and didn't send me an email or anything. So I called them and they were like, yeah, there's like two seats left on a flight tomorrow. I don't know when the next one's going to be. You can take it. You can risk it. And I was like, well, send me home. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But um, it's definitely changed things in terms of like how like accessible travel is. Like going to Thailand in January, I had to get like a a lot of stuff together just to be able to go like I had to buy insurance I had to like have a reservation for a certain hotel where they could do a COVID test for me and like I had to wait for that to come through before I could even leave the hotel I had to have proof of like my vaccine like when I got my vaccine and just like a whole bunch of stuff and when you get there you have to have like a QR code they like you're all you know wearing their um, like their masks and like medical gear when you get to the airport and it's just very like it's almost scary you're like treated like an alien you know and it's like you have that constant worry of like if I test positive I'm stuck here like what are they gonna do like at the airport they had ambulances waiting where you go to take your COVID test to like fly out 
So if you test positive in Thailand, they automatically put you in an ambulance and they take you to the hospital and you mandatory have to like get a chest x-ray and like stay there for 10 days and they monitor you even if you have no symptoms. And it kind of feels like it's a money thing too because they're taking advantage, but they make you buy insurance too. So it's pretty much covered. So it's just really messy and I don't know. I hope it kind of like gets easier because it just makes things a lot more difficult to travel. <laughs> lot more stress <laughs> yeah traveling during the pandemic has been interesting i've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different people like uh there's a family friend uh that i know that uh got stuck in barbados because they tested positive and they just spent 14 weeks in a jail cell because they just kept testing positive and like their the rest of their family was sent home though they are just alone in barbados in a jail cell just waiting to be able to come home and finally they were able to come home this was a couple of years ago now but it's just like it's crazy to see how just like everything folded all at once and just like the world as we know it changed but luckily things are starting to uh, go back to normal especially when it comes to traveling no longer very having to wear masks on plane that was definitely nice going to Guadalajara a few weeks ago no mask yeah there you go yeah. no mask in it I know like save my face like I I was getting really bad acne from wearing a mask all the time to be honest but it's it's good you know like I don't know. It's good that we're kind of making like that step forward to get out of, you know, that fear and like pandemic mode. And, you know, the world has to go back to normal somehow or a new normal, I guess. But yeah, every country is very different, I feel like, in terms of how they're handling this and like how they're handling tourism. Because a lot of countries, too, depend on tourism as like their account for their economy, you know, as like income for people. Like, you know, like especially like Asia, like Thailand, like it's a huge tourism country. And once the hotels shut down, like in these islands where people pretty much just go to travel, they shut down. Like, how do they have money? You know, there's no economy. Mm -hmm. So like having them be closed for two years is just like devastating to like a lot of different things. Not just the sad part of not being able to travel, just like the well-being of the people that live there, you know, trying to make a living and, you know. Yeah. And I've only been to Mexico during the pandemic and uh, I went all throughout 2020 uh, one in uh, 2022 mm -hmm. and seeing that change from initially going to Puerto Penasco like right in the heart of the pandemic and you have to wear a mask everywhere and everybody's still kind of panicking to panicking about it then going to Cancun or um, Cabo over the summer it's kind of more relaxed and like CDMX is more relaxed even though CDMX is strict in their own ways uh, but then Guadalajara a few weeks ago it's like you wear the mask in the Uber but then everywhere else is like whatever um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I was never one to complain about the masks. Cause honestly it didn't bother me. I have to wear it for work all day. So I got used to it. Um, but it's definitely nice to see all that stuff coming to an end, everything going back to normal. Uh, but I wanted to go back. You were talking about going to, um, Columbia. What cities in Columbia have you been to? So I flew into Bogota and that's like where my friends live. It's the capital. Um, the next morning we flew to Medellin. It's like kind of like the second capital, I guess it's a super popular spot um a lot of like big latin music artists come mm -hmm. out of there so it was like a really fun experience because it was just like so much music culture and so much like just a lot of fun like just the city in general i feel like it's like our equivalent of like nashville mm -hmm. or like maybe la in a sense you know like where people are just always like up and coming and it's just a lot of like positive fun people um, sorry. And then after that, we flew to Cartagena. It's like a beach town mm -hmm. they have there. And then we flew to um, this island called San Andres. And it's like, it's funny because it's Colombia, but it's 
actually like right next to Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I guess the way the equator, li- like the lines are and like, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's a Colombian territory. So it's like two hours away from there, but it's part of Colombia and it's really beautiful. So we spent a couple of days there and then flew back to um, the capital. So we just kind of wandered around like the main areas of columbia yeah i'm I'm super jealous of that columbia is definitely on my list of places to visit not only because like the amazing scenery but just like that whole latin american culture is something i'm in love with but uh, believe it or not one point in time i did have a ticket to bogota booked but ended up having to cancel that because well that that's a long story uh so my girlfriend at the time i was with her for like a year and a half she was columbia she lived in a um a small uh, town outside, about four hours outside of Bogota called Porto, uh, Porto Boyoca. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had plans to go down and visit her while she was down there. But then when we broke up, I ended up canceling that flight to the relief of my family who did not like the idea of me going to Colombia because they only ever listen to what the news says. Yeah. Uh, which that's a whole different story. The news definitely does not uh, portray certain places the way they actually are. You can only understand that from firsthand experiences. Um, but I ended up using that flight credit to book my flight to Cabo and my hotel, which ended up leading to me going to Mexico city, which is where I met my friend Terrence, which is part of the inspiration for making this podcast, which is why we're sitting here today. So it's kind of a, a roundabout way of how Bogota expi- inspired this pro- podcast. But <laughs> Wow. What a turn of events. It's crazy how things domino. So yeah. Well, then it happened for the good, you know, like everything that happened happened for the reason it was mm-hmm. meant to. And now you're here with me having a podcast about travel. So that's super, super cool. Yeah. And that, that was really the domino that fell that led me to falling in love with travel the way I do, because yeah. That was my that was my first big trip by myself where I was really able to go out and experience what there is to see in the world outside of like my own little bubble. And growing up, of course, we went on family road trips, mostly to California and Las Vegas. Um, but really being able to branch out in such a big way, that was at the time the furthest south I had ever been. Um, and just like being able to meet all these new people because you never know who you're going to meet when traveling. And that's that's my favorite part of traveling is. You're just going to meet all sorts of crazy people with crazy stories. Um, and you just never know where you're going to end up. Oh, yeah. That's that's for sure one of my favorite things about traveling, too. I don't think people understand until they actually experience it. Like when you meet someone, like some random person from, I don't know, like a random country and you just talk and you have these like weird connections and you're just so like inspired or like you're just so intrigued by what they have to say and like what they've experienced. It's just something totally different. Mm-hmm. Like. It's, it's super cool. So do you have any, um, like, friends that you've met? Besides, like, Terrence, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have a lot of, like, friends that you've kind of accumulated along your travels in Mexico and everywhere. Yeah, so I have uh, I have this friend I met in Nashville who lives in Tampa um, that we met at a sports bar after the Cardinals game when I was there. Um, I have a couple of friends that live in Mexico City that I met in the town of Tequila a couple of just a few weeks ago I've been keeping touch on them and actually we now have this reservation to go to this club in Mexico City together when I'm there in November um and those are really the only ones I've kept in touch with there's a few others that I'll reach out to every now and then mm-hmm. um but like just going through my phone contacts I still have the like the phone number of this fisherman I met in Cabo to uh next time I'm there I could reach out and get like a huge discount for her. yeah and uh I'm the, I hope to continue collecting friends along the way 
different places I go. I'm still very early in my travel days. Um, but in, especially as I branch out more, I'm hoping to pick up more people along the way. Oh, and you will. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's funny. Cause, um, in last October, I went on a trip with 30 random girls that I'd never met before. So I joined a Facebook group. It's called like travel BFFs and you have to like, there's like a little questionnaire before and they have to like verify that, you know, you are who you are. You have to like link your other social media and you know, whatnot. But, um, I ended up booking with them and I went to Puerto Rico with 30 girls that I'd never met. And it's funny cause I talked to, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of scary. My family's like, you're crazy. And I was like, well, are you going to come with me to Puerto Rico or not? You know, I was like, well, I'm just going to go with my new friends. And it was just 30 girls. And, um, yeah, I met up with them and it's funny cause now like a lot of us still talk and I have like 10, 15 extra best friends that just live everywhere now. And, you know, we're all like, like-minded and, you know, love to travel and mm-hmm. have that very open, you know, attitude towards it. So we get along so well. And now I have friends in San Diego I could, mm-hmm. you know, link up with North Carolina, like Texas, you know, just a little bit everywhere. So you're right. Like our friends just kind of sprinkle, sprinkle about and we just, yeah. Cool. While traveling, have you ever like met someone and uh, after talking to them for a while, ended up realizing you guys have like a crazy connection through like mutuals? Kind of, yeah. So it happens quite a bit. I don't know. Have you heard of like that theory where it's like there's like the five the five people in the world or something? I think it's called the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, something like that, where everybody's somewhat weirdly connected in like a way. So actually, this last trip when I went to Colombia, um, I put it out like like on my Instagram story. Like I was in Medellin, you know, Medellin, and my brother's friend, um, from like years ago, like swiped up on it and was like, "Hey, I live here now." And I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And he was Colombian. I forgot about him. It's been, I don't know. It'd been like, whatever, five, six, seven years since I'd seen him. So like, he ended up knowing like my friends, Lauren, Stephanie's friends or something. And then we all kind of like linked up and then, you know, hung out. But actually, maybe that doesn't apply to what you're saying. But like your question was if I'd met um, people that had known each other, I guess. Well, like, let me let me give an example. So okay. uh, even though I told the same story last podcast, uh, when I was in San Diego in August for the Green Day concert, uh, during one of the intermissions, we start talking. Uh, it was me and my grandpa were there. We start talking to the people sitting next to us. Uh, so I grew up in Globe, Arizona, which is about um, an hour uh, east of where we are now. And uh, it's a very small town, but weirdly interconnected. Like everywhere I go, I meet people from Globe. Uh, <laughs> but so we're in the stadium with like 50,000 other people. We start talking to the people sitting next to us. And it just happened to be that when uh, the guy, his name was Kevin, when he was uh, when he was a teenager, he happened to go to the same church as my great grandmother in Globe. Oh. It's like, what are the odds in a stadium of 50 fucking thousand people? It's like the people sitting next to us are know my great grandmother. That is okay. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. I'm trying to think. I think the closest thing I've had to like that close, you know, like mm-hmm. was probably when I was in the Philippines and um, really weird story. So I went out in Makati. It's like where the clubs are and like whatnot in, the, in Manila, like in the capital. And we went to this midget wrestling bar, and we were there, whatever, drinking, hanging out, watching, like, short people wrestle. I'm sorry. I think midgets is offensive. I was like, maybe I shouldn't say midgets. It's not a nice word. But (laughs) there were these guys there, and, like, we started, like, drinking with them and hanging out with them, whatever, talking to them. And they were just, like, whatever, 
hanging out. And it turned out they were from, like, Chandler, Arizona. And mm-hmm. I was like, I live in Gilbert. What are we both doing here at this exact time? Like, we're both so far from home, and but we ended up in the same place still, mm-hmm. like, at the same time. Whatever, same country, same bar, like, random little bar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably, like, the closest I've had where, um, like, with an encounter like that. But I definitely have had, like, where um, I've met people and – I think they've, like, just been really close to home, I guess. I don't know. Like, I meet them really far away, and they just live really close to me, and it's surprising. I think that's, like, as far as I've gotten with that. Or, for example, you meet somebody online, and they live 10 miles from your house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think you're – what was the TikTok? I think it was the one where you were, like, when your family tells you not to go to, like, Puerto Penasco by yourself, and you go anyways. Was that that one? Yeah, it's this one. Yeah, it was funny because I was in Rocky, in Rocky Point, Point at the same time, yeah. but by myself with yeah. my dog, and I was like me right now or something, and that's how we like connected. That's so funny. Hey, sometimes you just gotta say f it, you know, and do that kind of stuff. Exactly. I mean, that's that's why I, I travel by myself mostly. Um, I, it's just hard to coordinate with other people. I have a couple of stories for why I do that. The first one is like when I was in college pre-pandemic. Um, I would always try to schedule to do things with my friends or whatever. And I was like, hey, let's go to San Diego this weekend or whatever. It's like nobody could ever coordinate the schedule. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, if I just don't start going, I'm never going to go. So I just kind of just started going by myself. Um, but then the other thing is I was at Disneyland with my family once. There was 19 of us. And instead of like doing anything that day, we just argued all day about what we were going to do. It's like oh, when there's this the many worst. people involved. It's like you're never going to get anything done. So if I go by myself, I only have to worry about myself. I can get myself out of bed whenever I want. I can schedule the things I want to do. Uh, just like my, my Europe trip that's coming up, I am have it scheduled down to every 15-minute increment because I'm only accountable to myself. I don't have to worry about somebody else having to do something. I could just book everything I want to do, account for all the time I need, and I'm going to get to see everything I want to. And this, It's only eight days, which a lot of people's like, oh, that's not enough time to see anything. But it's like, if you're in a group, maybe not. But because I'm by myself, it's like... You can knock yeah, out a lot in eight can, days. <laughs> yeah. I can do whatever I want over those eight days. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. I've never actually... I mean, never truly, like, solo, solo traveled. I think that mm-hmm. trip to Rocky Point was the first time I'd ever gone truly by myself. Um, but I'm totally open to, like, doing it, to be honest. Like, I've just always had either, like, family with me or friends that want to come with me or just, like, meeting up with people. Mm-hmm. So I just always have, you know, that. But it's also different, I feel like, as, like, a female traveler. You know, like, it's just it's just a different ball game, you know. Like, <laughs> But I honestly, this year, I want to do more of that. Like, I'd love to do maybe some kind of, like, actual, like, international solo trip. And I admire you for that because it takes a lot, like, to be alone by yourself like that. Like, I'm a very extroverted person. I have roommates at my house. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. always, like, surrounded by people. Like, I serve in a restaurant, so I'm just always, like, people, people, people. And if I have too much me time, I'm like, hmm, I'm lonely and bored. <laughs> yeah, well, the way I see it is even though I'm going by myself, I'm not going to be alone because I'm always going to be places with other people. And just like you, I'm very extroverted. So when I'm, like, standing in line for something or I'm at a bar or whatever, I'm just going to start talking to the people around me. Yeah. So even though I'm, I'm by myself, I'm not alone. That's true. That's a good way to look at it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it does make life a lot less stressful to not have to, like, take into account, like, everybody else's, you know, stuff, what they do or what not want to do and just, like, trying to figure out and coordinate that. Because I was honestly really worried about um, that Puerto Rico trip because it was 30 girls that mm-hmm. I'd never met. And 
that alone just was like okay I don't even know like how we're gonna coordinate stuff but everybody was like so like-minded that it just worked seamlessly Mm -hmm. like there was no conflict um like there was no like struggling of like oh yeah I want to do this no I want to do this like no whining no like you know and plus it's just such a big group if people want to do different things we kind of just split up a little bit and then divide and conquer it I guess whatever we were you know feeling but yeah it's like once you find the right people to travel with then it also can make it a lot more fun because if you have flaky people that are just like half you know one foot in one foot out like "Eh, Mm -hmm. yeah I want to go don't want to go then it's stressful but when you have friends that are like at the same place you are then traveling can like it can be so much fun my friend Katie's like that like I took her to the Philippines one year and uh, we had like the greatest time like she kind of had culture shock I'm not gonna lie like Mm -hmm. she never really left the U.S. or anything like that and we were going to places that were like very like it's a third world country you know like it's you know, like visiting little islands where it's really not the same as the U.S. or even Mexico. Like it's like people mm-hmm. live in huts and have generators and like stuff like that. And the food is very different and, you know, all of the following, being away from family. So mm-hmm. I was proud of her for stepping out of her comfort zone, but we had so much fun together because we were just like in that mindset of like, let's have fun and make the best of like all of this, you know. The people, if you do travel with people, the people you travel with definitely do make a difference. For example, traveling with family, there's always going to be a certain level of disorganization and tension. Yeah. But when, like when you traveled with the 30 other people, at that point when a group's that large, there has to be some sort of mutual uh, cooperation for anything to get done, which luckily you were with people that were able to co-op- uh, cooperate, but it's, it's definitely hit or miss. Like I went on a trip uh, to LA a few weeks ago, not a few weeks, a few, few months ago with one friend and... Um, even though it was a good trip overall, it was just like the difference of it took me 30 minutes to get ready. I took like one backpack with me. I was good for the one overnight. And my friend, she just took like an hour and a half to get ready. She packed three suitcases. <laughs> it's like, it's such a stark difference. It was overall a good trip. No problems, but still just, it was a, a bit of a shock for me because I'm used to being just like grab and go out the door. And it's like, yeah, yeah this is a bit different. <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel like if anything, like I've learned a lot of patience, like traveling with other people, mm-hmm. like especially my like my friends in Colombia, they're um, they're so sweet. They're kind of like that. But like they always have to like be ready, you mm-hmm. know, like I gotta get their makeup done, like do their hair, like, you know, it takes them a while to figure out like all that stuff. And which is fine. You know, I'm kind of the same as you. Like I don't I'm just kind of like whatever, throw it on. I'm I'm clean. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Like I'm ready to go adventure. But you just learn patience and. Yeah, I've definitely learned to, like, just breathe a little bit because sometimes I feel like when I travel, I get so, like, excited or am to just, like, go, 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 go. And, like, I forget to just, like, breathe and realize, like, okay, wait, you can slow down, calm down, and mm-hmm. still enjoy, like, everything. We still have time. Like, there's still mm-hmm. hours in the day. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, one of the things I learned when uh, in CDMX is that's the difference between uh, being in a household with all Mexicans versus like anyone else is like they're be go go from not being ready at all to being like in perfect condition doing stuff while walking out the door. It, it, that was a fun experience because it's like somehow these people are getting ready faster than I am, and it's like, like what what's going on? <laughs> it's like I'm almost ready to go, and all of a sudden they're done. It's like, well, I guess we're leaving now, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, th- that trip to CDMX that was an interesting one because. What is CDMX, please? Oh, uh, CDMX is Mexico City. That uh, it's, oh, it's uh, okay. Ciudad de Mexico. So, like how we say NYC for New York City, they say CDMX. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and That's then cool. there's like GDLs, Guadalajara, 
that's another common abbreviation you'll find in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that trip to CDMX, this is uh, a lot of people cite this as like the stupidest thing I've done traveling, but it's still one of my favorite stories to tell. I met this girl on Tinder in Cabo mm-hmm. and ended up just going with her to CDMX and staying with her family at this apartment in CDMX. And it was a blast. The people were so nice and friendly. <laughs> There's there's so many people that I was the first American they had ever met because CDMX isn't really a tourist city for no. Americans. Yeah. Uh, so like the culture jack, like the head of the household, this guy, he collect American dollar bills, and he was like blown away that I gave him a twenty dollar bill to add to his collection. It is like this is like the greatest thing or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was a ton of fun. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you should have done that. You could have ended up dead." It's like, well, I'm not dead. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm not. I'm here talking to you. Yeah. So obviously. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's a few things that, like, looking back, like, I probably shouldn't have done that, but, hey, now I have a cool story to tell. <laughs> we all have those moments. I promise you, yeah. And the more you travel and the more you do stuff, you know, like, the more spontaneous you are. I mean, mm-hmm. not even the more. It's just, you know, you make decisions and things happen, and it's usually for the better, you know? Like, trust your gut. Like, honestly, like, your first gut decision is usually, like, the right one, you know? Like, or it'll, you know, you know yourself, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, just be aware. Yeah, because I've met some super cool people traveling and, you know, thank God I've never had anything, you know, bad happen to me or like any scary situations. But, oh, okay, actually there was like <laughs> probably one that was not great, but it was fine at the end. It was, um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to tell that. But... Yeah, tell that story. We got to hear that. <laughs> okay, it was kind of weird. This was in Puerto Rico. So like um, there's like an area down there called La Perla. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much where um, there's no rules. Like, cops don't go down there. It's, like, kind of like where they do the sketchy stuff, you know, like drug deals and just mm-hmm. sell stuff, whatever, like all that kind of stuff. Um, so they were telling us, like, yeah, you can go down there, but, you know, you have to be really careful. You can't have your phone out. Like, they burned a tourist alive down there, um, like, a couple months ago for being dumb, you know, and just trying to, like, put it on Facebook Live or record. And they were like, dude, put it away. Like, not here, not now. So, um, we like, whatever, like, yeah, let's just go down there. So like (laughs) we went down there and it's like, um, it's in Puerto Rico. So it's like, a I don't know. It was really cool. It was actually where they filmed, um, Despacito. Oh, really? The music video. Yeah. So it had a really bad rap before they video Despacito kind of like tried to amp up tourism there. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of like got a better name and people were going down there again, like, you know, to see it. So we were down there. We were, like, having slushies. Like, we were, like, scared to take pictures because we were, like, we have our phones out. Like, what are they going to, you know? And, like, there was this guy that was, like, standing on the pier, like, talking to us. Or, no, we talked to him and asked him to take a picture of us. And we were just, like, yeah, so is it really that scary down here? And he's, like, if you don't, like, mess with or talk to people the wrong way and respect us, then it's fine. And I was, like, oh, okay. It's, like, but then he said us. And I was, like is he one of those people that's probably not happy with us, like, taking pictures and we're asking him to take our picture? Anyways, so, um, anyways, he took our picture. We were, like, hanging out. And then he, like, went up to this, like, little, like, balcony, half-built building that was, like, looking over, like, all the restaurants and bars. And there was, like, a guy standing, like, at the bottom, kind of, like, arms crossed, whatever. And another guy standing up top, like, arms crossed, just staring, whatever. And we were, like, hanging out down there. And, like, this guy comes up to us and he's, like, um, he wants you to go up there. And the four of us, we were like, who wants us to go up there? And he's like, the guy up there. And he's, like, sitting up there staring at us, like, motioning, like, get up here. And we were just like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know who we just talked to or who we met, but it was just kind of scary. So we go up there and, like, whatever. Um, we just started talking to him. And he's like, yeah, I run this town, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this isn't cool. And he's like, come with us to the strip club. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. 
this is rated R, but he totally, like, pulled out a picture of his dick and was like, yeah, like, this is what you can have. Like, this is what a, a real drug lord gets you. And I was like, okay, we need to go right now. Like, we literally need to leave right now. We're, like, up in this, like, random little balcony half-built building, and there's, like, guys on every door. And we're just, like, these four girls from, like, Arizona, whatever, San Diego, California. We're like, what are we doing, guys? Like, we should be here. Um, anyways, so we were like, no, we have plans with the other 30 girls. They're coming to get us now, so we got to go. <laughs> but that was, it was kind of scary because I was like, I don't know where this night's going to end. And it was getting dark, and I was like, we're still in this, like, really ghetto area. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, that was the only, like, kind of scary situation that Definitely I was actually. my stories. <laughs> no, well, there's no tops yeah, well, there, you know. It just I, something... I've had a couple of crazy incidents that like i probably should have ended up dead in those situations but it's like nothing like that oh. well okay well right off the bat i was both of, both of them are in puerto Penasco, two separate trips one time i was roofied <laughs> oh my gosh in rocky point yeah well, where which club at the tequila bar oh no. which is my favorite place to go down there it was probably entirely my fault because I left my drink unattended while I was smoking a cigarette outside. Mm. I just left my beer on the counter. I, it's weird because I, I know the bartender personally. I trust him. I know it wasn't him, but it's just like, I guess somebody slipped something in my drink. It was probably my taxi driver because I yeah. still ended up back at my hotel somehow with no phone and no debit card. That's what they do there. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say they probably planned the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one was also my fault. I was uh, at the uh, the elixir club in rocky point mm-hmm. with uh, some friends and i got in a taxi and left and i was i made like i was very drunk but i made an offhanded comment to the uh, taxi driver like hey I, I would like some cigarettes or whatever and he's like oh don't worry i'll get you some cigarettes so the next thing i know he like pulls behind the rail yard and he's like stay here and he like goes inside this like wooded shack it's like pitch black <laughs> all around me i'm just sitting in the back of the taxi and it's like oh i this is not gonna end well and then like 10 10 minutes later he comes out with a pack of cigarettes he's like oh i got you some weed too oh <laughs> my gosh wrong. you're like i didn't need that yeah <laughs> but then you have to buy it because if you don't then they get mad and then yeah. they're like you owe me and you're like no i don't need this in my life right now yeah. <laughs> i honestly try to avoid taxis as much as i can like when i travel because you just never know like taxis you just really never know definitely hit or miss yeah, like in Rocky Point too. Like I've had, I've heard some really like bad stories about taxi drivers like taking advantage of drunk people. From, and from what I've heard about the taxi drivers down there, is if they're if they're telling you to get into your, their car, like oh you should come in my taxi, it's like stay away from those ones. But like the normal taxis are fine. Um, there, there's like other problems with like their car. Like there's this one time I was in a taxi and I thought it was literally going to explode just because the car was in such disrepair. <laughs> but that's not the driver's fault. <laughs> no, it's not. He's like, I just need to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what happened that one night. I got roofied as the taxi driver was like, oh, don't worry, I'll give you a ride. And then like the next thing I remember is like we're at the ATM or whatever. And I guess I pulled money out. But looking oh, at my statement, I only man. pulled $20 out, which is weird. Interesting. I don't know, but then I, I ended up back at my hotel with no phone. Oh, <laughs> which sucks. But yeah, did you whatever. like Apple? Um, what's it called? Oh, like I have the, Android. Find my. <laughs> oh, I was like, did you find my iPhone well, or like find my? I do have like the app that shows where it is, but the if I, I could show you actually, let me pull it up. I'm interested. I didn't. Yeah. So I've um, never like, seen Android's version. Uh, I think it's this email address. Let's see. 
What carrier do you have? I have Google Fi. So like the Google Fi. Interesting. So what I love about Google Fi is the plan I'm currently on is international, uh, free international for Canada and Mexico. Mm-hmm. Pay about $60 a month. It's unlimited data, including in Canada and Mexico. So I never have to worry about changing carriers. But with the same SIM card, you could do another plan where you basically uh, pay for what you use. And that's international all over the world. So when I go to Europe, I'm just going to switch to that plan. Oh, that's so cool. Like when traveling, you can buy like a SIM card at the airport or whatever. So you're good mm-hmm. wherever you are. But because I have Google Fi, I just don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Keep my same phone number, all that. That's great. Do you know what the like rates are and how like connect um, like connectivity is when you're It's really good, actually. Abroad. Yeah. Because I have um, I have T-Mobile and they're actually really good. Like every time I land somewhere, like it was Korea, Japan, like for layovers or like Philippines, Thailand, like. They send you a text, welcome to wherever, and it's like you have unlimited 3G, 4G data and texting. So thankfully, I've had like unlimited texting and data in these countries. Um, Calling's like 10 cents a minute or something. So this is what it looks like. Unfortunately, it's not showing that device anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's showing my current phone and my earbuds. Oh, that's cool. And it's just through Google. But for a while, because all my Google accounts were connected, it showed the last location of my device. And forever it was saying New Year's Eve, like that was the last device. It's like, that's the last time (laughs) I had my phone. So at least I know nobody's gotten into it. Nobody's logged into it since then. But it's like, it still sucks. I lost the phone. (laughs) Yeah. But now you learn, you know, like whatever. I sometimes I'll literally just go out with my watch if I know or like a debit card. Because my, yeah, like my Apple watch or something. But I'm usually with people. So I don't know. Going out, I won't go alone because I'm like, okay, if I'm going to drink, I cannot be alone in a random country by myself. (laughs) Yeah, that New Year's Eve in Rocky Point, that was, I was I by myself. I bet that was crazy. I was like, I, I'm a tequila snob. I only drink the good stuff, but everybody was doing Patron shots, which I don't like Patron because it's like the cheap tequila. But I was doing Patron shots with everyone. So I had like six or seven shots of Patron oh and gosh. I had a few beers, but it's like, I've been that drunk before and it was no problem. But this was like, this is like a different level. It was like oh, something yeah. was put in my drink. You're like blackout or backout. Let's go. Just yeah. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, I do have a, a fun story with tequila. Um, so the same trip to CDMX, uh, this girl I was with, she was better alleys, mm-hmm. which uh, it was positive and negative to it. Uh, I ended up fine. And because I was with the better alleys the whole time, mm-hmm. I was protected. Yeah. Um, but of course, you don't want to get on their bad side still. But uh, we go to this club just outside of Mexico City and it's we get like an ex- because they're better alleys, we get like an exclusive table at the upstairs part. They like the bouncers that uh, only let certain people in or whatever. So I get, I'm with this group. We go up there and um, I'm the first American to ever set foot in this club. I swear I, if I were to walk in there again, I'd be like a celebrity because <laughs> we were there from midnight to five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And uh, all the girls went off dancing. And it was me and this guy. He's a captain of the Mexican army. He's part of the same friend group. Just start doing what? tequila shots. And we go all night tequila shots. We finish an entire bottle of tequila, just the two of us. Oh man. My uh, my claim to fame with tequila is I, it's my superpower. I can keep straight face, no chaser, no problem. But <laughs> he's probably like, man, this guy's real stuff right here. Well, Let's guy, go. The, the, this guy, he's a captain of the Mexican army. He can't keep a straight face taking tequila shots, and he needs a chaser. I'm like, dude. But he, we're going all night, and I end up having more shots than a captain of the fucking Mexican army. <laughs> like, I'm like a celebrity in this place. They're like, way to be, way to be, Connor. But have you ever Gringles had- got it. Gringles <laughs> got it. Have you ever had tequila that's not been exported to the US? Um, yeah. Well in Rocky Point I think I've gotten tequila a couple times that's um 
That's been like from, I don't know, somewhere local like Sonora. Or I think one was from. Oh, you have tequila? Just this tiny shot. So this. What is oh, this? Sorry, bumped my mic. So this is from a distillery I toured in Tequila, Alaska. Uh-huh. So this is this is from a local distillery in Tequila, one of the ones I toured. Um, this one I think is about four years old, so it's it's really rich. But I, I haven't opened this bottle yet. This is all I took back. But you should try this. I oh my gosh, one. you're gonna share some with me? Yeah. What? I feel so special I need, right now. I need now. more tequila, anyways. I gotta get rid of this first. It's though. funny because tequila is the only liquor that I drink. Yeah. Yeah, because I actually. Uh, oh, it smells nice. It smells smooth. Yeah. Um, so have you heard of like Asian glow before? I haven't actually. It's like, um, a lot of Asian people don't have like a specific enzyme in their body, like to digest alcohol. So like I turn really red when I drink, like I break out in hives, not hives, but I just get like a red rash everywhere. Like my Mm -hmm. face turns red and hot, my neck does. And, um, I've found that tequila is the best for me. So I only drink tequila. Okay. Do you drink beer too? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, I drink yeah. beer, but I, st- I just turn red. I mean, at least I turn the least red with tequila. And then beer's not too bad because it's not like uh, super strong, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, gin's the worst. So I'm, I'm a tequila gal. So the fact that you just gave me a shot of yeah. tequila right so, now yeah, is let me, making let me, me so Let me tell you the happy. story with this tequila before you try it. So um, I got the pleasure of getting to tour the distilleries. We tried two local distilleries, which was amazing because none of these neither of these distilleries are like the big brands they don't export anything to the united states mm-hmm. so this tequila uh oh, is like wow. you can't you can't get it here in the u.s you can only get it in Alaska. and if you you can probably scan Let's that on that. your phone um so do you know anything about the process of making tequila um i know that it only comes from one one plant oh you're good in tequila like in tequila mexico yeah. right that's it that's all i know yeah. so it comes from cool. the agave plant which you'll see all over the place they look very similar to aloe, aloe verde plants mm-hmm. and um they take five to seven years to fully ripen so i got some pictures i can wow. show you oh yeah of... show me i'd love to see so i feel like to ke- to be a tequila maker is like a craft because yeah. you, you can't mess it up if you've got your plants growing for seven years so the, you gotta here, do here's it right. the agave plants. Oh, it so, does look like aloe. Yeah, so I have some more ones. This will show you, so you can see kind of the younger ones. And so oh, this yeah. is this is what it looks like. These are about three or four years old, mm-hmm. and you'll know agave is fully ripe because um, there'll be a stem that sprouts from the middle and a flower that blooms on the end. And once that flower blooms, then it's ripe. Okay. And the uh, the buried underground is this thing called the blue pineapple. It's it looks like a pineapple, but it's giant and it's blue, mm-hmm. and that's the actual agave. Um, and what they do is they bake that for a few weeks, then shred it down and then ferment it. And that's eventually distilled into the tequila. And then with tequila, uh, the, the, the more fermented, the more aged the tequila is, the darker it is. So like this has this nice gold color because it's about four years. You'd buy the same bottle in 2018. It'd be a Blanco. Oh, so aging the tequila is what changes the color. Aging the tequila changes the color. I got to try a 30 year old tequila. When I was at the distillery wow. for free, which is amazing. Wow. And it was amazing. So go in and try that and tell me what you think. Okay. Let you know. Salud. Keep a straight face. Salud. Keep a straight face and cara. Yeah. Without a face. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, it is. That you it? don't even need to make a face. You don't yeah. even need a chaser. The, yeah. The more rich, uh, tequila gets more rich, the more aged it is. So uh, that's that's why I mostly drink uh, more aged tequilas now, especially now that I know about the process. 
Um, is that would that be considered like um, like repasados, like the darker tequilas? So this is this is about middle of the road. I've seen like very dark tequilas that are really good, mm-hmm. but then they also make other stuff from agave, which was really interesting. So there's agave honey, agave jelly, yeah, um, agave beer, which tastes like cream soda. It's amazing. I wish they exported that because that that show was amazing. Um, but then they also had like these different flavors tequilas. They had a lime tequila. They had a almond tequila. They had a coffee tequila. These Ooh. don't even taste like alcohol anymore at this point. It's like, You're like this, this is, is dangerous. Just dangerous. Yeah. They had a, so I'm not a fan of tomato juice, but they had a tomato juice tequila, and I fucking love that thing. That was amazing. That was like a Bloody Mary. I love Bloody Mary. So I could anything. It tasted. A, it wasn't as strong as a Bloody Mary. It was very sweet, mm-hmm. surprisingly sweet, especially for a tequila. Ooh. Yeah. There was um, a liquor that I was I drink a lot of in Colombia. It's like you know how tequila is like Mexico's thing. Mm-hmm. It's called aguardiente. Okay. And it tastes like um, black licorice. It's like a clear liquor, and it's I don't know what it's made of, um, but it literally just tastes straight like black licorice. So it's okay. like you can just like drink Jaeger? that. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like Jaeger, but it's not dark and has that I don't know that weird aftertaste. I don't okay. know. It was really interesting. It was really easy to drink because. It just tasted like licorice. Not that I really like licorice, mm-hmm. but it's better than the taste of alcohol. So debatable. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> well, I like the taste of alcohol. You like the taste of alcohol? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the alcohol. Like, okay, Jose Cuervo tequila, well, heck that, to the no. Like, I that's would... not even a hundred percent agave. No, it's nasty. <laughs> it's disgusting. And then Patron. I don't get why people like Patron. Patron is nasty. I like uh, Casamigos. I don't okay. mind that one. That I one's drink pretty good. Mostly eighteen hundred. That's my go-to. Eighteen hundred. Okay, yeah. nineteen forty-two. Actually, mm-hmm. that one. That one's. It's not bad. Yeah, but I've been on the hunt for a more authentic tequila. It's hard to replicate this flavor. <laughs> it is honestly. Often there was one I had in Mexico or in Rocky Point, like in mm-hmm. Puerto Penasco, that was um, like made over there. Like it wasn't made in tequila. It was like made in Sonora. So it was. Okay. It kind of reminds me of this, but a little bit, I don't know, like had a weirder after, had a weird aftertaste to it, but it was pretty smooth, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. Agave does grow all over the place, especially Mexico, where you could grow it here if you wanted to. It's just for it to be called tequila, it has to come from tequila. From tequila. It's like, so champagne is basically just sparkling wine, mm-hmm. but it's called champagne because it comes from Champagne, France. From France, yeah. So it's the same as scotch is just whiskey that comes from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And there's more intricacies than that but it's the same premise for it to be tequila it has to come from tequila from tequila man it's funny how like liquor too you know like each place has like their very you know specific type of alcohol mm-hmm. and like how they drink and like how they make it and stuff because russia is known for what their vodka mm-hmm. right yeah like i know uh the philippines is known for their tundwai it's like their rum you can buy a bottle of rum there for like a dollar yeah it's like yeah it's crazy like you know it's so funny the dollar goes such a far way it does like not here in the u.s (laughs) no not the u.s not really europe either because the euro is more powerful but Mm -hmm. like um asia you know like latin america all those kind of countries like you can live very well off of very little like yeah if you have dollars there Yeah, and I've definitely seen that firsthand, especially traveling throughout Mexico, just how far the dollar gets you. Like, Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, like this whole tour of tequila, um, I think we paid $29 a person. It was like an 11-hour experience. Yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous. It included transportation, meals, free tequila. You had to pay for the shot glass, and that's it. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like literally, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah, like even in like Colombia, you know, like I think I had 500 um u.s in pesos from like or yeah in colombian pesos when i from when i went two years ago and had to come back because i was there for mm-hmm. a day so i didn't spend anything and um it pretty much paid for like the three of us to like you know take ubers 
and you know buy food and just like get miscellaneous things mm-hmm. for probably like seven or eight days like 500 bucks for three people traveling for like a week it's like nothing <laughs> no it's literally yeah i was like what the heck I was, if i was in miami this would be like two days worth of stuff for myself only. Like one night. <laughs> <laughs> or one night in miami it's yeah one bar tab. <laughs> exactly and this is like going out too you know like drinks out there were so cheap it was like mm-hmm. we went out to a bar and it was like three dollars for a drink or like whatever four or five dollars for like a shareable and it's like strong too and i was just mind blown i was like we're in scottsdale right now or anywhere else it's like 50 bucks for i don't know like to get drunk or whatever but well have you had sake sake yeah i have um have you ever done sake bombs the uh i prefer straight sake and let me tell you the best crazy okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the first time I ever had sake, it was described to me in the worst way because this is Google Translate's fault, but I was at a restaurant in Mexico City and I asked for Dos Equis and they thought I said sake and oh. they brought this out and I'm like, what is this? And I, they said something, I didn't recognize it. So I'm like, oh, type it in. It translated to distilled rice liquor in English. That's what it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's like literally... Just, the difference of being told, oh, this is sake versus, oh, this is distilled rice liquor. Distilled That's, rice liquor, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same same thing as saying, oh, vodka is potato starch, basically. Yeah. yeah just it doesn't like, sound appealing when you put it that way. Yeah. You're like, I didn't want to hear that, but okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> so for people who are getting into traveling for the first time, what's the biggest advice you can give them? Ooh, the biggest advice would be, um, first thing, just to do it. Just mm-hmm. say yes, and it's scary, and it's like... It can be overwhelming sometimes and there's a lot of worry that goes through your head like okay like I'm gonna leave like my comfort place and I'm gonna go somewhere new where I've never been where they don't speak my language you know like just like I don't know just to feel that and be okay with it and be like okay yeah it's gonna be new it's gonna be different but just say okay I'm ready for it and I don't know just kind of like like you said book that plane ticket and then the rest will kind of just like fold in and then Mm -hmm. also just to be prepared like you know, you want to make sure that you have all your COVID test restrictions. Well, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of travel you're doing, but I'm assuming maybe international. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're doing international, you know, have all your, like, requirements that the country's asking for, like, ready. You know, like, maybe do some research on, you know, um, what to expect food-wise or, like, the currency. Like, if it's better to buy currency here, bring it there, or if it's better just to, you know, get it there um and just like the areas you're staying in just like do your research Mm -hmm. just so you feel more comfortable and prepared and you're not just jumping into some like scary stuff um but yeah for first-time travelers for sure i would say yeah just buy your plane ticket and then do your research and like maybe learn a couple phrases in whatever Mm -hmm. language like whatever they speak there because i i think i've picked up how to say thank you in like seven or eight different languages now yeah and like you pick it up as you go and i love languages like they're so beautiful and you realize that like a lot of them are intertwined in a way Mm -hmm. like tagalog in the philippines is Mm -hmm. like similar to spanish because i guess you know they were conquered by spain and whatnot yeah and then yeah even like brazil you know brazil and portugal they speak portuguese and Mm -hmm. is also similar to spanish and like there's just a lot of things that like you make connections in your head and it's just like very interesting. So just, you know, be aware of their culture too, you know. It is amazing how travel opens that opportunity to learn a language so much easier because I've I've done Duolingo. I've taken college Spanish classes. I've never been able to really pick up on it. But then from traveling in Mexico and just spending more time around people who are only speaking that language and I'm like the odd man out speaking English. It's like you have to learn. I've learned so much just through that. Let me be honest with you. I've been on multiple dates where using only Google Translate the entire time. <laughs> I admire that. Look at you go. So I take it you like Latina girls, huh? Yeah, yeah that's your type. There yeah. you go. 
I mean, who wouldn't? But yeah. still, yeah, that's super awesome, though. But the fact that, like, even if the fact that you're willing to, like, learn and when you go to these cultures and you talk to these people and you say, like, thank you in their language or ask, like, oh, where's the bathroom? Like, mm-hmm. they just, like, it's it's nice, you know? It's, like, you're taking the time to, like, be aware and, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Make it, yeah. I'm really bummed that it didn't work out, but um, I did get accepted into the University of Guadalajara to study Spanish. It, it didn't work out with the financial and it was completely out of my control, but I was supposed to do start that in September. So that, that was really going to be my opportunity to go down and fully immerse myself in the language and learn. But yeah. um, even though I can't do that, I'm still trying to practice every day, learn what I can. Practice. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. Honestly, the only, like the best way to learn is through like talking. Like, cause I didn't learn Spanish until I moved to Spain. Cause my mom was Thai. My dad was um, Spanish, but he spoke English. My mom mm-hmm. spoke English. That was like the common language. Like we didn't really speak the others. But once I moved there at 10, I learned being surrounded by it plus i took spanish classes at that mm-hmm. school um but yeah like it took three years and i was you know completely fluent and here people take two years three years four years of spanish through middle school high school maybe college and they're still not fluent you know like you just have to be like in that environment of it being like a regular thing in your life to you know have it just stick to your brain and be like a normal thing you know but yeah. you'll pick it up though if you're traveling at this rate you're literally gonna you're gonna be fluent in spanish and be able to like at least I understand so. a lot <laughs> Yeah, yeah you're uh, talking to well, Latin girls too. I mean, well, going to Europe this summer, I haven't even tried to start learning the three different languages because I just know I can't learn by myself. But there'll be a lot of Google Translate use on the trip. I know a lot of people in Europe speak English too. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully, just being there even for a few days, I'll have to pick up on at least the basics. But I don't even think I'd be able to teach myself the basics just like sitting down and learning it. It's just it's so much different oh, yeah. hearing it all the time versus hearing it from a computer. And grammar is so different, too. That's why I just like learn like literally learning thank you in different languages is like that's been a game changer for me. Just being able to say like whatever salama they're like obrigada or like whatever mm-hmm. in their language. It just means the world to them. Like their faces light up like when you can like say something in their language, you know, just like. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, except for the French. I heard they make fun of Americans who speak French. French? Are, <laughs> they're, I'm they're just mean, kidding. They're yeah. not mean. I used to have a French neighbor when I lived in Spain, and they were not nice to us. But <laughs> I don't have any other experience with, like, French people. But yeah. it's just the culture. They're we'll very, they're very yeah. sassy people in a good way. You know? Have you seen uh, Modern Family? Yeah, I love Modern Family. Do you remember that where Mitchell... Uh, everybody was like judging him so he put on like a trench coat and just started like making like french sounding grunts the entire time and everybody like accepted him as french the entire time. i don't remember that episode but that's totally something that he would do yeah so it doesn't catch me oh my gosh it was like i oh, just like pointing at the menu i was like grunting like yes i'll have this but like saying anything and they ended up bringing him like a fried pigeon or something oh my god let's <laughs> see what he put it on the menu I don't know. Maybe that's what I'll do in Paris. It's just. It's <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tell me if all like the stereotypes are true from like the countries that you go to. You know, like if they're, you feel that they're. I hope so because I'm ready for some amazing food. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, food is one. Of, that's also one of my favorite things in traveling. Um, definitely, just trying different foods. What's and... the best thing you've ever eaten while traveling? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. Cause I I love all types of food. So mm-hmm. in Thai, I obviously love Thai food. So there I had like really really good food, just like authentic, spicy, like flavorful, like cooked from the heart, like Thai food. I mean, my mom makes Thai food, but it's just different when you're there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm I love noodles. I would do anything for noodles. <laughs> so that's probably one of my favorite 
places for cuisine wise just because there's so many like there's so much variety mm-hmm. you know like in fruit and stuff like i love like tropical fruit so when i get to go to places where they have just like um i don't know just like rambutan and like um, maracuya and like lulo and like all these different types of fruit that we don't have in the u.s like i get to eat that and it just makes me really happy (laughs) there's just something special about like the authentic nature of food because there's there's plenty of replica foods in the u.s it's just not the same like being in mexico getting to try like authentic elote from mexico city Mm -hmm. the shrimp in cabo is to die for I can't find anywhere that serves like an authentic Mexican breakfast, which is amazing. Like the actual that, authentic since Mexican we breakfast. we live here, like yeah, on the like, border. There's yeah. good Mexican food here, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Even it's like not. the authentic family recipes aren't the same. Mm-mm. Even like Asian food here, Thai food here, like it's very, it's so sweet. I don't know. It's so weird. Like mm-hmm. here they tend to make food so, so sweet for some reason. And when you go to these places where they actually make it and you're like, it's not even sweet, like remotely. Like, I don't know what's with Americans and sweet food or like, <laughs> I don't know. We just have different palates, which I get. Yeah. But, but yeah, what's been your favorite um, food you've eaten abroad? I think the shrimp in Cabo. There's just the shrimp in Cabo. Shrimp in Cabo. There's something about the shrimp in Cabo. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it tastes more like shrimp than shrimp shrimp here if that makes yeah, sense yeah it's probably fresh it That's is probably what the thing is too yeah but um elote was amazing too like you could buy elote here in phoenix but they like they grill it mm-hmm. and it's very dry and it just doesn't taste the same but in mexico city they steam it in butter yeah <laughs> and it was that was amazing did. and they just they sell it it's amazing they just sell it on the street like you go up give them a couple of pesos and they'll just give you like a full thing of corn that they made and it's like the best that you've ever eaten Oh, yeah. It's yeah. funny. And in Colombia, it's a they eat a lot of corn up there, mm-hmm. like corn and coffee. It's a lot of stuff. Corn and coffee. Good mix. <laughs> right? Like, I love it. Yeah. But um, like there they sell a lot of street corn, too. But their kernels, like the types of corn is so different. Like the actual kernels themselves are like quite large. Like they're like little marbles almost. And it was really interesting because they have a lot of food similar to like, you know, like Mexico, not even the same as Mexico, but they have like empanadas and like certain things where like you can see where like, you know. It's similar but different, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just really like their food, but like their spin on it or like how they how they prepare it or like what flavor is different with their salsas and like stuff like that. Yeah. So it's cool seeing like how different cultures intertwine too. It was really interesting. I learned that Japan has its own carnival, right? Does it? Yeah. So I, uh, I have like a samba coach and she lives in Australia and mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I'm going to Japan for carnival. And I was like, what kind of carnival? She's like, like a real carnival. I was like, girl, what are you talking about? You're in, like in Japan? And she's like, yeah. So I guess there was, um, I don't know what battle or war or something, but um, Japan or Brazil opened its doors to Japan as refuge for like Japanese people. So a lot of Japanese migrated over there. And then when all the stuff ended, they like moved back to Japan and they brought the culture of like Brazil with them. So like they had the second biggest carnival in the world in Japan every September. And it's like Brazilian culture. So it's so weird how like That's these. really cool. Right? I was like, I want to go. That sounds amazing. Like, I love the samba and dancing and just, you know, that whole environment, atmosphere. I wonder how similar it is or how different, but it's cool how they adapted that and took it and made it part of theirs, you know? Uh, it's really interesting to see, like, like culture cross-contamination over it. Like, mm-hmm. let me tell you, I'm, I have tickets to a 4th of July party in Rome this summer. <laughs> wow! And I have no clue what that's going to be like, but it's like, this is going to be a unique experience. Like, 
How many people do you know that celebrate the 4th of July in Rome? <laughs> exactly. I That's going to inspire me to do something. I want to do something for the 4th. It seems like the 4th of July is like your um, your time. Like you, you like to leave the U.S. <laughs> it's not intentional. It's just kind of worked out that way. It's vacation it's like, time. Well yeah, it's a, a holiday. Tradition out of it. There you go. Because like, I'm pretty sure 2023 for 4th of July, I'll probably be in Vienna. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Or Prague. One of those cities. But yeah, so let's see how many international capitals I can hit on the 4th of July. That's super cool. Yeah. That concert in Rome sounds fun. I just bought my ticket for Daddy Yankee in Columbia. So I'm going to fly over there for a couple of days and like see my friends and see Daddy Yankee. Because you know who he is, Daddy Yankee? Yeah, he was in uh, Despacito. (laughs) Yeah, I saw him. He's uh, retiring. So he's doing, yeah, he's like doing his last um, like world tour. Okay. So I was like, why not? Like, go to the El Capital de Perreo, like, in Medellin and go see him. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just, like, like I told you, it's, like, the Nashville of whatever, um, really cool. of the U.S., but for, like, Latin music. And I was, like, I think it's going to be really fun. Are you a big concert goer then? <laughs> um, kind of. Yeah, I, I like concerts a lot. Like, I'll go. I mean, yeah, I like concerts. I like, yeah. do you like raves or are you into I've been to concerts one. <laughs> raves? Really? I prefer mostly rock music. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So, like, my favorite band is Green Day. If you couldn't tell by my tattoo. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I like I also it. Have a it's tattoo cool. of Mexico. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but like, I'm seeing uh, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer in Paris. Wow. That'll be fun. I've also seen The Offspring. That was a really good concert. But yeah, I, I mostly enjoy rock music. I've never been to a rave. It's an experience I'm open to. But I just haven't had that chance to experience something like that yet. Yeah, it's very different. I mean, I I love like um like reggaeton music, like uh, salsa, like bachata, like mm-hmm. that whole genre of music, or just honestly all music from Latin America. That's like my go-to. <sighs> um, but I've been to a couple of raves and they're fun. You know, they're very different. The people are very very nice. Like I just would say, like the rave culture is like a really beautiful thing. Like just very accepting, welcoming, open. Like nice people. Like super positive vibes for sure um i don't really do drugs so i've never really rolled and done that kind of stuff and i can imagine it being a lot more intense of an experience on drugs but i don't know it's it's just a fun experience in general <laughs> yeah i had a coworker that was telling me about this grave uh she was trying to go to i think it was in berlin or munich or something like that it was this techno punk rave that was very exclusive they would only let women oh. in unless oh. you gave them like a huge wad of cash and even then you had to like know the names of all the artists and uh like their what music they play and whatever and they wouldn't let you in they're like very strict but uh, it's, it's it sounds like an interesting experience <laughs> yeah i mean i'm always down for that kind of stuff too yeah trying new things is like intoxicating feelings like exactly yeah especially when it's something that nobody else you know has done like now you can go and brag like hey i did this weird thing and now i have this crazy story i can brag about to everyone exactly i got bragging rights i can tell you about this or like yeah i don't know i think it's fun to be able to share experiences mm-hmm. and just you know people are like oh wow that's really cool like how'd you do that why'd you do that and it's mm-hmm. like i don't know just because i guess but yeah i feel like it's like the u.s like people are very sheltered here like uh, a lot of my friends you know like haven't like left the u.s or like even let alone like been out of arizona and it's like you don't realize how big the world is and how much stuff there is to experience, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just, like, you can't even explain it. Like, it's just you have a different perspective on life when you see how other people live and when you immerse yourself in different cultures and, like, you know, it's just very different. Like, I definitely have, like, a different view on the world now that I've 
seen a lot of the world and like grown up, you know, like just Mm -hmm. experiencing all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've been trying to convince a lot of people of that, that same view, because it's like, you really don't know what you have until uh, what there is to see, or you don't know what you don't have until you see what else there is. And I'm uh, give me a moment. I'm trying to pull up this Mark Twain quote that speaks exactly to this. Uh, yeah, so Mark Twain said, uh, travel is fatal to pre- prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable uh, views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of uh, the earth's all one life, all one's lifetime. Preach. That's like, where it's at. It's 100% true, you know? Like, mm-hmm. people are so, I feel like, um, I don't know, you just have a different outlook, especially when you go to places where people don't have as much and you know like you come home and you're like i'm complaining about this how am i complaining about this when i just met people that are beyond happy and they don't even have shoes you know and you're just like you just have a different outlook on life and you appreciate more and there's not a lot to complain about you know? yeah and I, I i grew up in a small town so i know i know what that experience is like and from coming from the small town to now where i've been in the world kind of irritates me when people are like, oh, there's no. I live in the, the best place on earth. There's no reason to ever go anywhere, and they've never like set five foot, five miles from their doorstep or whatever. It's like exactly so much, and like the and even with the internet, which is an amazing tool, it just never does it justice. You, no. d- you don't know what it is until you experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And even if you do hear like good stories about a certain place, it's, you're gonna have a completely different experience than everybody else has had. Exactly, yeah. And it's just, I think it's really important for people to like. I don't know, one, work in the service industry because there are some people in this world that need to have worked in the service industry. And, you know, I think it would just make people nicer in general, have more patience. <laughs> Two, I think you definitely need to, like, travel out and see what the world has to offer because you really never know. You mm-hmm. know, like, it's, I think it's crucial for development. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's people who will eat the same foods their entire life, watch the same programs their entire life, travel the same places their entire life, never expand outside of that bubble. But once that bubble does burst, there's, there's, it just like, it comes flooding in. It's like one, once I finally burst that bubble for myself, which it, I wish I'd been able to do it sooner uh, because there's like so much time I feel like I've lost. Like I could have been experiencing these things. You were but so it, young. You're... It's like, I know, but still it's like there's so much more I could have experienced. And it's like I want everybody else to have that same feeling because it's such it's such a great feeling to be able to step outside. It's once addicting. Once you step outside of your comfort zone, it's like you never want to go back exactly it's super addicting like this year i've kind of just like it's been a really long year but it's been a year full of like traveling and fun and Mm -hmm. just like you know not midlife crisis finding myself but kind (laughs) of like finding myself you know like and thankfully i have a job where my manager's like super understanding and kind of just lets me like you know like yeah my job's the same that's great (laughs) yeah like it's it's not a you know like i serve so it's not hard to like have someone else just cover my shift or there's 15 people that can do my job you know so he's super open to like yeah do it you know like whatever so it's i'm really grateful for that um but yeah so what upcoming travel plans do you have that you're excited for Ooh, so i have um greece in august (laughs) you were talking about that yeah Yeah. it's kind of like a spontaneous trip what parts of greece I'm not completely sure yet. So this trip was kind of like for my friend Jeanette. She's mm-hmm. um, going through like some stuff and she's going to have like her hip re-replaced and whatnot. Oh. So they don't know how much mobility she's going to have after that or, you know, how that's going to heal. Re- so, yeah, re-replaced. Yeah. So it's like a recalled part that oh, was wow. like messed. It's messed up. in her. Anyways. So, yeah, she's like, my dream is to go to Greece. Like she's never left the U.S. before oh, besides wow. like I, I think Mexico, you know, like Rocky Point. Yeah. So – 
Rocky Point doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty much like the U.S. Yeah. So it actually was supposed to be part of the U.S. You know. Really? Yeah. I so wish we had it. You know it. how Arizona has that slant? Like, it kind of it's flat and it like slants up. Yeah. That was because of a surveying error. So if there hadn't been a surveying error, the entire north the coast of the Mar de Cortez was supposed to be U.S. territory. Because it was part of the Galveston Purchase, but all because of a surveying error, we lost all that. For some reason, it would have probably been Arizona too. It would have, yeah. It, it literally would have been Arizona. Arizona and parts of California too. Yeah, so we would have had a beach. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it would have been Rocky Point. It, like, like, <laughs> would have been part of Arizona. Would have been. Wow, that's really cool that you know that. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much. Um, sorry, I just have like yeah that trip. I don't know what parts we're going to yet because I pretty much just booked the in ticket now ticket to athens and then okay. we're just gonna um buy like through a greece airline or like ferry or something okay. the like island hopping stuff like there's so much to see out there so much history mm-hmm. i think greece has like the fifth most islands in the world something around that i don't know the exact yeah, number there's like five thousand or mm-hmm. something like it's insane and like, then there's like there's athens there's sparta Corneth, cyprus Sac- mykonos um santorini mm-hmm. like Skolos, south macedonia are, yeah there's so many so i'm I don't know. We're going to figure out what we want to do, but I haven't mm. gotten that far yet. <laughs> yeah. That's and then, really cool. sorry? That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. You're going to Europe too, so yeah. maybe I'll see. Wait, when are you going? Uh, First week of July. 44 days. Oh, okay. Yeah. First week of July. Wow. Yeah. Not that I'm counting or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. That's how oh, I am. Oh, I, I, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I've been counting since like day 60. Oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. You build up that like energy and like that like quicker yeah like it just it's so exciting and then when the day comes you're like mm. my flight's leaving like when you're like on the way to the airport it's like a Got nostalgic feeling like, let's gonna, go the, those last couple of days before are gonna be the longest because um i work the day before and i'm gonna be trying to avoid just like jet lag the best i can so i think from the time i wake up for work the previous day to 36 hours later to my flight boarding in chicago I have to stay awake that entire time so I can sleep on the plane. Yeah, that's how I do it too. I definitely plan like plan around my schedule to just purposely sleep on the long haul because it's yeah. miserable. And then especially it's an eight and a half hour flight and an eight hour time change. So it's like perfect. So if I can sleep that entire time, wake up nine o'clock in the morning, Paris time, it's like, dang. You're like, we're here. We're yeah. Ready. And that's then cool. you don't have to worry about jet lag. I'll have to. Um, my brother just went to Paris, but he had a friend that was from Paris too, mm-hmm. and he gave him a bunch of like tips on where to go, like locally, and not to just waste your time at like a lot of the, like the super mainstream spots. But I'll like I'll get him to send over what they did or like where they went. And yeah, you can like check it out. I'm sure you have like I've connections have a lot and of stuff an itinerary like, too. Yeah. yeah, I paid for a lot of like, the skip the line tours, so I have a skip the line oh. to the Louvre. I have a skip the line to the top of the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to Versailles, like, immediately after I land. Um, I'm also going to see, like, um, uh, Notre Dame. I have a dinner cruise booked on the on the river. Um, I don't know. I have a bunch of stuff. Wow. I've already done uh, a lot of planning. And, like, even for Rome, I have it planned. So, like, when I fir- my flight lands in Rome in the afternoon, the Vatican's not supposed to be busy in the afternoon, so I'm going to go to the Vatican. I have this dinner reservation at this place right next to the Coliseum. <laughs> You have you say, weren't yeah. kidding when you said fifteen minute intervals. Oh yeah, like, I've planned it. like everything out, and there's still some more stuff to plan. I'm trying to like maximize my time as much as I can. That is great, and you're only gone for eight days, huh? Unfortunately, That's, I mean it's a it's a good amount of time, but I'm I can see how you're gonna be days. cramming a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be just go go going. Well, that'll be super fun. Yeah, That's I'm super, super excited exciting. For that. Yeah, I mean Greece is the only thing I have right now. Well, besides Colombia in October to see yeah. Daddy Yankee. 
But uh, maybe I'll find something in between because I have a lot of stuff that just kind of pops up. You know, like I'll just kind of be like, oh, I'm off for this time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I go to Rocky Point like, like once a month, literally. <laughs> I just disappear all the time and go to Rocky Point because I love it there. I'm like a regular there. It's kind of weird. Like you have your bartenders, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like I have people I know down there too just from going so much. So. You probably know some of the same people. <laughs> Honestly, there you go. The, yeah. That whole concept of the seven the people i don't know like by chance do you know somebody named austin in puerto penasco austin i, I swear that guy's everywhere where does, what does he do or where, where does um, he work i don't know he's uh, he, <laughs> he's just everywhere he lives there but he's half american half spanish but he's like he's a white tall white guy okay but he's there all the time and i swear like every bar i'm at i run into him and it's like this i have hung out with him he's he's a cool dude but i'm like where do you normally stay when you go i normally stay at uh the playa bonita which is uh like two or four resorts down it's in the same strip of resorts it's right near um it's the white entrance right so it's the white building yeah Yeah. it's not the best western it's the one right next to it okay and i forget the name of what's that popular one the one that you stayed at yeah it's like um yeah las palomas it's like two hotels right yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, it's I've, nice. It's not like a fancy resort, but it has. Uh, it's, it's nice the, though. Yeah, it's the place I stay. It's nice. There you go. Yeah, and my work has like this great benefit, so I could look like discounted hotels through my work. Oh wow! Yeah, they're hooking it up. That's awesome. That's super great. I just applied for a couple um like flight attendant positions. So oh, hopefully. Yeah. That's really cool. Right? I'm going to see like, everywhere. Exactly. I was like, and free standby flights for yeah. as long as I work there? <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. Oh, I'm jealous. That's amazing. <laughs> you, hey, you can apply too. Uh, yeah, you could do. You know. never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, it could be fun for a couple of years, you know, just yeah. to try it out. But yeah, yeah, open up a lot more doors to travel. That's true. You know, do a lot. Yeah, but then you still have such a combined work schedule, too. Oh, yeah. It's a messy schedule. Being a flight attendant is very... Like, I had a friend that explained it to me and, like, how it works. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of time where you're just kind of, like, waiting around for work. Or you have to be available within, like, a 45 minutes notice. Like, just stuff like that. And and you're, you're pretty much based out of a different, like, state. Yeah. So, I'd have to figure that out. So, I was like, there's a lot of logistics. But, I don't know. It could be fun. If it's meant to be, then it'll be. <laughs> So, uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share? Mm, do you have any other questions? I'm I'm about uh, out of questions. <laughs> I know. We I mean, discussed a lot. There's probably so much more that we could discuss, but we're already at like the hour and 15 minute mark. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Just uh, thanks for having me. Of course. And have um, fun on your adventures. For and... any of the listeners, where can they find you on social media? Oh, so my Instagram is amyerickson1234. And that's also my TikTok and my Twitter and my Facebook, just Amy Erickson. So, yeah, you can probably link it in there, right? It's yeah. um, spelled pretty normally, I guess. <laughs> and then you could follow uh, this podcast on Instagram. It's 33 North, 112 Degrees West podcast on Instagram. Um, and you could also follow my personal Instagram. It's cgreenwall1. And I also have a new travel Instagram account that's just called Traveling with Connor. Uh, so just give us a follow there and follow us on Spotify as well. 